Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, Go ahead and get your Bibles open to two locations. Philippians chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 12. While you're doing that, I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online. I've heard from a lot of you who are ill or out of town that you're joining us online, so I do want to welcome you right now. Thank you so much for, for, for tuning in online. Glad we have this technology today. But three lo- two locations in your Bible that I want you to, uh, to find. Mark, mark them both. Philippians chapter 3. We'll start with verse 7 and go through verse 14. And then the other one is Hebrews chapter 12. We'll start with verse 1 and go through verse 3. We'll start with the Philippians passage in just a second. While you're finding that, I want to let you know that next Sunday is the Cowtown Marathon that runs all the way through various parts of Fort Worth and downtown as well. Uh, I, I, I just the, the reason I want to remind you of that is if you are a volunteer then you'll need to go to the City Life app and look at the map on there and, and read the directions on how to get in. There's only one way into this part of downtown uh, and uh, in the early morning hours next Sunday. Now, now, if you're coming to normal church time, by 10 a.m., you will have no problem at all. No problem at all. But prior to that, you really need to, to be looking at the City Life app and figure out how to come in. So just verbally, the way to do it is you'll come in from eastbound, you go eastbound on Interstate 30, which runs right here in downtown, just a few blocks over there. You'll take the Cherry Street exit, and that brings you right into, uh, just right in here to the City Life Building almost. So uh, again, eastbound on I-30, Cherry Street exit, that's the way if you are volunteering on uh, Sunday morning. So be sure and check on that. Hey, another thing I want to let you know is, is uh, I, I'm bringing you another update on my brother, Terry. I, I had an opportunity to speak with him on the phone yesterday, and just, uh, just an incredible chat over, over the phone. If you're unaware of, of what happened with him, he's, he's an older brother, about 10 years older than me, uh, but he, uh, 13 weeks ago, he was involved in a deadly car accident, uh, an individual who was, was uh, high on alcohol, was speeding through the city in Odessa about 70 to 80 miles per hour and hit my brother's truck head on. My brother was ejected through the windshield, landed on the pavement. And we received a call that evening that they, they believed that my brother was dead. And, uh, and it was a miracle. He, he, as he was laying there on the pavement, this, this uh, woman who was in a restaurant nearby came running out to the street and just began praying in him, praying over him, praying in the spirit. And he came to, he woke up. And, uh, and at that moment, um, he, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of the miracle, really. So we, we went out there, prayed with him, prayed over him, and we got over there to the hospital the next day, and I'll tell you what, he was in rough shape. All kinds of broken bones and problems. Uh, there was some internal bleeding, and, uh, and it, it didn't look very hopeful. I'll just, I'll just tell you that. In the natural, it didn't look hopeful. But he was there in the hospital, and while he was in the hospital, unfortunately, he received an infection while he was there, and those hospital infections can be quite difficult. Uh, we continued to pray for him. You guys continued to pray for him. And then, and then his insurance ran out, and they released him from the hospital. And basically saying this is that, you know, he has this infection, 
and uh, good luck. We don't know if he's going to live or not. That was, that was what we were left with. But we said, no, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing God. So we did. In fact, my brother brought him, my other brother brought him into his house, set up a hospital bed in there. And uh, since he was uh, no longer had any antibiotics or anything, just used, he has all these homeopathic ideas <laughs> and, and methods. So he began to use those. And, uh, and with a lot of prayer, all the infections in his body cleared up, the bed sores cleared up, and, and they were using just some rudimentary uh, physical therapy, trying to get him, get him active again. Uh, still unable to walk, and and then two. Excuse me. At the on on February first of this year, his Medicare kicked in, so he was able then to go back into a rehab hospital, and we that was a really a miracle. But they got him there, had to take him there by ambulance, and they finally got him in there. Again, that's February first. I visited him a week ago, a week and a half ago, and for the first time that day, he was able to stand up and just barely shuffle. It's just kind of like this. We got him from his little bathroom to his bed and thought, wow, that's a miracle right there. And he told me yesterday <coughs> that he had been released on Thursday and, uh, and that he walked, literally walked all the way out of the hospital on his own, unassisted. He walked out, got in his car, went home, walked over to, the, to his shop, which is right next door to his house, walked into his house, and, uh, and God just, God was there with him the entire time. He told me, he just said, I want you to tell the people of City Life, thank you for your prayers, because this is nothing short of a miracle. He said, the nurse who had, who had worked with me from the very beginning of this ordeal said, we had basically thought you were gone, you weren't going to live. And she said, and on the other hand, and she goes, and you're alive, but on the other hand, I have never seen a person recover so quickly. And I'll tell you what, he's, he's a lot older than me too, but he was, and that, that's encouragement for you as well. Thank God for the miracle, but thank God that he is there to answer our prayer requests, to be there with us, to be there for us. And let's give God praise for that. Come on, give God praise for that. Man. So my brother Terry's, you know, keep the prayers going, but he gives God all the glory for his miracle healing, and that's what he's calling it, and that's what I know it is. Well, the title of my message today is the last in my series called The Time Is Now. The title is Press On. Press On. Press On. I'd say one of the, uh, I, I, one of the most inspirational moments in my life was about seven years ago, six and a half, almost seven years ago, and that was at uh, my wife's mother's, uh, Rebecca's mother's bedside. Her name is Olga, and in her final days, she had fought cancer for about 20 years, and she was about to step over into eternity. eternity. And, and, and I, will, I was so riveted by how God was so present in that atmosphere. Um, she would just lay there on her bed and sing songs, to sing worship songs in English and in Spanish, which is her uh, first language. And family would come and sing along, and Olga would... Uh, she kept talking about these brushes with eternity, and, and I, I'm still so amazed. And I remember so clearly the things that she was saying and the things that Rebecca had reported to me also when I wasn't even there because she spent several weeks with her mother right there at the end. 
And I remember her talking about these two angels that were standing right there. And, and, uh, and she says, these angels keep standing there and I'm asking them to let me in. And they said, it's not time yet. You have to stay. She says, I feel like those angels are teasing me. I don't know what, I'm wanting to go in. I'm wanting to go in. And, and she, she spoke about seeing her beloved mother that she had cared for or over her mother's final years. And Olga had talked about the, the rewards that were waiting for her on the other side of eternity. In fact, one of the things that she kept talking about continually was this huge banquet table, this huge banquet table. And she described it. That she, could, she could see the banquet table. She, could, she said, I can smell the food, but I can't see what's on it because it's all covered with a white cloth and those angels won't let me in, but it's fully prepared for me. She finally slipped away into heaven, and, and I, I just know this. When she went into heaven, she, she began enjoying the time of her eternal life, and she's still doing that today. And I tell you, you know, if you've ever been at the bedside of a Christian who uh, is about to pass into eternity, you would know this. There is nothing quite like it. Uh, it, it, it what it does is it does motivate you to press on in your faith. Also, when my father passed away about three years ago, it inspired me as well, the same way, just to press on. It makes, it makes the struggles of earth seem completely insignificant in comparison. Now, I want you to look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, and Paul is writing this from prison, and, 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 and as he writes this, he gives a good perspective on life. He, he had lost a lot at this point. And so what he's doing, he's reflecting on that and talking about his current status. Philippians 3, 7, it says, But whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if somehow I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already grasped it all or have already become perfect. <laughs> That's Paul saying, I, I still am not perfect. I've got a ways to go, which gives us all hope, all right? But he says, but I press on. If I may take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. I mean, his outlook is the kind of outlook we have to have. I want us to pray right now 
even as I'm opening up this message for, for God to speak to us uniquely. So God, right now, I, I pray for revelation. I pray for insight. I pray for, for truth to, be, to come alive in our hearts and our minds. And that God, you will speak to us through your word, through preaching, and through the Holy Spirit to, to, to the specific issues that we're, on, we're facing in our own lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, life has difficult moments. We all know that. And some of you, I know you, and you're going through some really tough stuff right now. And you might be tempted to just throw in the towel and say, forget it. But of course, on the other hand, we know that perseverance is, is one of the most essential components of the Christian life. So you can't give up. You must press on. But sometimes you feel like, I just can't anymore. You don't have to say, hey, that's me, but I think every one of us have felt that from time to time. And I want to let you know, first of all, God is fully aware of where you are right now. He sees it, and he wants you to persevere. He wants you to have that fullness of life, and he also wants you to have the eternal rewards that are in store for you. You know, there, there are a few encouragements from Paul's letter when he wrote that, that he wrote there, and one of those is to press on and to forget the past. And, and I want to encourage you guys, let go of the things that have happened in your past and forgive your spouse who hurt you, your ex who, who wounded you. Maybe you were abandoned or, or you lost your business or, or something that you invested so much time and energy and finances into, it's just, it just crumbled right before you. Let go of the pain that you're holding on to. Even if you've experienced rejection, that rejection isn't worth holding on to. Paul said, forget, forget, forget the past. Now, I know we don't have the ability to literally forget, but what he's saying there is stop thinking about and dwelling on yesterday. Because what it's going to do, it's going to tempt you to be less than what God desires for you to be. And he's also telling us in this passage to press on and to reach forward. In other words, as, as you're letting go of what happened in the past, because it does hold you back, as you're letting go, you now have to reach forward into the future. And, and you, you have to remain future focused. You have to aim high. You have to look out into the future. And, and you have to do this in spite of your past failures, in spite of that rejection and that pain and those difficulties. Because what Satan wants you to do at this point, he wants you to make you feel, he, he wants you to feel like, like you're worthless, that you're just too messed up, that you're not good enough, that, that you are less than the other people around you, that, that you're not going to succeed, that you're all alone that nobody loves you. And I'm saying that, I'm saying some of the lies that some of you have been hearing in your mind, in your emotions. I'm telling you to reject that stuff. Those are thoughts from hell that are trying to get you to simply throw in the towel and give up because there's so much potential in your life. Now, I did some research on this whole topic of giving up. And, uh, and there's actually this thing called the science of giving up. It is really there. University of Washington Health Sciences, they, they've done this long study with extensive research on the science of giving up. And they came up with some really interesting results. Ultimately, their goal as a medical school is they, they wanted to discover how to artificially motivate a person which will prevent a person from just simply giving up. 
And basically what they want to do is, is create some type of a drug that will work in your brain. So they, they discovered that there are these certain neurons in your brain, and these certain neurons, I'm not going to try to pronounce them because of the, it's way too complicated for me, but they're located in this part of your brain called the ventricle tegmental area, also known as VTA. So any of you who know medical stuff, there is that little part of your brain called VTA. That's where this little blue dot is located on the screen. So, so that's, that's your VTA. That's where all of this happens. So what happens is... Dopamine is released when there is a reward ahead. So this part of the brain releases dopamine when they knows that there's a reward coming. It's kind of like the marathoners next Sunday. When they see that finish line, there's this dopamine will be released, and they're going to be able to keep going on. Also, you talk to anyone who runs races, you've got to focus your mind during that race. You can't think about the pain. You can't think about the agony. You can't think about those other things. You have to keep your mind focused on pleasant things which then keeps the dopamine going. There's a lesson for us all in our spiritual walk with God there. So what happens, though, and it's in that little blue dot, where that the VTA, this has huge implications on our behavior, whether we're going to press on or whether we're going to give up. The, deci- the, the science, uh, I almost called them the disciples, but they're not the disciples. The scientists, they discovered that if your reward seems too difficult, or if, or if you feel like it's impossible for you to reach that reward or attain that reward, there will be these certain uh, demotivation or frustration neurons. That's actually what they call them, demotivation and frustration neurons. They all of a sudden become active in that part of the brain, and they cancel out motivation and your desire to press on. So that's, according to scientists, is why people give up. So they're thinking if we can create a drug to, to release these motivation neurons and get them to function correctly and to take charge, then people will be less likely to give up. But <laughs> the truth is there is no such thing as a VTA neuron motivation pill that you can take to help you to press on. But the scriptures already tell us how to do it. It tells us, it gives us the instructions on how to, how to press on. And one of them is to keep eternity in focus. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive compensation. See that word? Compensation. That's reward. That's compensation for his deeds done through the body. That means while on earth, in accordance with what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, as a believer, if you look at that and you read that and you even get that into your heart, that should motivate you to continue to press on. Now, if you're not serving God, if you're not a believer, this is also motivational because it will motivate you to do what is right, to give your life to Christ because, uh, because there will be punishment. You know, that's going to be the compensation. So, so, Please understand this, compensation awaits you, and, and the rewards that God has for you, it's far beyond what you can imagine, far beyond it. I was thinking about the original apostles. After Jesus had ascended, they had been filled with the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost, and, and they went out into all the world to preach the gospel, but, but they, they faced a lot of persecution. Uh, really, they were fighting an uphill battle. But there's something interesting about the original apostles. They had all encountered Jesus. They were all full of the Holy Spirit. 
and they all refused to give up. Each one of these apostles, original apostles, they pressed on until they breathed their final breath. But it's interesting how every one of their lives ended. James, he was executed along with his executioner. Peter, he was crucified upside down, head down. Andrew, he was hanged from an olive tree. Thomas, he was thrust through with pine spears. Philip, he was tortured and crucified. Matthew, he was beheaded at Nadar. Nathaniel, he was flayed and crucified. James the Lesser was beaten to death with a fuller's club. Simon the Zealot was martyred. Judas Thaddeus was beaten to death. Matthias was stoned to death while hanging on a cross. John was fried in boiling oil, and Paul was beheaded. All of these men faced horrible deaths. But all of that did was to continue to fuel the spread of the gospel. See, this stuff didn't discourage the early church. It motivated them to press on. And those apostles, they gave it all, which, which then causes me to ask the question for us, for me, it's like, what are you willing to give? And really, though, that was huge motivation for the early church. Yet at the same time, they were experiencing grief and they were experiencing sorrow, but they also knew that eternity was worth it. I'll tell you guys, the rewards of giving and serving and loving and being faithful outweigh the pain of your life. Now I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. This passage, this will help motivate you. It'll help to motivate you when difficult times are upon you. And ultimately, it'll help you to remember that Jesus persevered in his life, and you can too. And uh, as, as, as this was written, it, it's really speaking about the many people who have gone before us. It talks about a great cloud of witnesses. So those are people who have already uh, gone on into eternity, but they're, it's like they're witnessing, they're watching, and then in effect, they're cheering you on. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You see, his reward was the joy. You see that? His reward was the joy so he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Simply having the right perspective will keep you from growing weary and losing heart. You don't need to wait for science to come up with this incredible futuristic VTA neuron motivation pill. You won't need it because the methods are right here in the scriptures. Here it is. Press on and eliminate your obstacles. Clean the junk out of your life that's bogging you down. In fact, right now, think of one thing in your life that's bogging you down and take a note of it and get, you're going to get rid of it this week. Press on and confess sin. 
See, sin is going to always pull you down. It's going to make you feel worthless, like a failure and a loser and a hopeless cause. But if you confess your sin, that weight will be lifted off of you. You can press on. Press on and run the race with endurance. Keep going. Keep running. Don't stop. And you're going to get daily fuel for this as, as you spend time in God's word, as you spend time even personally worshiping, as you, as you uh, spend time in prayer. And when you are around other believers, that's called fellowship, which is another reason to join a connect group. Press on and keep your focus on Jesus, because when Jesus is your focus, what's going to happen is your faith is going to remain high. Remember this, Peter walked on the turbulent waters on the Sea of Galilee, and, and he, he was walking just fine, but when he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the wind and the waves and the stuff that was going on around him, that's when he began to sink. Focus on Jesus, not on your wind and waves, and, and press on and remember what Christ went through for you. That's why I always talk about communion. That's why I believe in that. It's why we practice that. But, but we also just can never, ever forget what Jesus did for us, what he, what he went through, what, what he suffered. And, and let his suffering motivate you and inspire you. Don't grow weary or lose heart. So here is my big encouragement for you today. Very simple. Press on. Don't quit, because your reward is ahead. This life is like practically nothing compared to eternity. It really is. It's just a little tiny, tiny slice of time compared to eternity. But here's, here's the interesting part of that. What you do in this life has everything to do with what all of eternity is going to look like. We have to live with this eternal mindset. So press on, keep going, don't quit. Your reward is ahead. And don't you dare let the trials and setbacks in your life become your own identity. Don't just begin to say, well, that's just me. Uh, that, that job loss or, or that loss of that relationship, maybe life isn't exciting for you anymore or you're comparing yourself to other people. You're not laughing as much as you used to. You're overwhelmed or you're burned out. Or you're carrying baggage from your past. You're living in negativity and apathy and, and, and just you're, you're withdrawing socially. Do, that does not define, do not, do, don't, don't stay there. That's not who you are. That's where hell wants you. God is fully aware of what you're going through. He knows where you are and he wants you to move past it now and he wants you to give the he wants to give you the power to overcome it and to persevere so that you truly can have that fullness of life that he has planned for you in fact for some of you it's time for you to start to dream again dream begin to dream about the future Begin to dream about what God is going to do in you and through you and around you and in your family and in your church and in your city. Begin to dream again. Dream on. Dream on. There is a grand, glorious reward awaiting for you. But as you begin to dream it, as you begin to take action on it, that, that's what God challenges us to do. Because everything in your life impacts what your eternal reward will look like. You're in the driver's seat. You get to make the choice right now 
what eternity really, really looks like. I want you to remember this. The sacrifices that you've made and that you are making for God's kingdom, they will be rewarded. God sees your faithfulness when no one else does. He knows how you're making Jesus known in your city and on the job, in your family. He sees your tithing and giving. He sees the sacrifices that you make just to be able to serve even in your local church right here. He sees the way that you love. He sees all of these things. And he, even when you don't feel like doing it, he knows, he knows and he sees that you still share. He sees that generosity. And even as a pastor, there are things I choose to do that nobody knows about, which are an offering to the Lord. And sometimes I'm doing these things that I know God wants me to do, and I'm like, God, I, I really, really don't like this right now. If you ever feel that way, yeah, I really don't like doing this right now. There is no fanfare. There's nothing fun about it. This is just, but God, I'm doing this for you. And I just say, God, I give this to you. And I, I want you to know this, that even when you don't feel like it, that labor of love will be rewarded. It will be rewarded. Church, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep loving. Keep sharing. You can't, you, you must press on. So I challenge you today to examine your own self. Where, where, where might you be slacking off? Are there some changes or adjustments that you need to make? Is there some sin that you need to confess? Is there something that you need to adjust in your life so that you can continually press on? Examine your heart right now. In fact, I'd like for nobody to be looking around. First and foremost, if Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, I have to tell you, eternity is will be the most horrible thing you, you could ever imagine, much worse than anything you can ever imagine. I want you to have Jesus in your heart and in your life, and if you're not a believer and you're here this morning, you need Jesus. I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond so you can give your life to Christ. Before we pray anything else, I want to make sure that's taken care of. So if you're here, or even if you're watching online, you can tell one of the people who's Moderating the online, just let them know that you want to give your life to Christ. But if that's you, and you, you, you know you need, you need your sin forgiven. You need to give your life to Christ. At the count of three, just lift your hand for me so I can see it. I, I, want to, I want to join my faith with yours. I want to believe for that miracle of salvation. Would you do that? Just one, two, three. Lift it up for me so I can see it. Thanks. Thank you. Put your hand. Thank you. Now put your hands down. God brought you here today to hear this. It's no accident you're here. I want, I want everybody to stand. We're going to stand. Please, everybody across the room, stand. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Church, I want you to pray it as well as an encouragement to those who are here who are giving their life to, lives to Christ this morning. 
pray these words with me? Dear Jesus, today I make the choice to engage your precious blood and let it wash over me. I choose to give my life to you. Wash my sin away. Make me new as if I've never sinned before. I choose to live for you and I choose to serve you all the days of my life. And I look forward for the reward I will have spending eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, that's, that's the best thing that could have happened today. God bless you for lifting your hands. God bless you. But, but I want us to pray. I want us to pray on. I want us to pray some more for endurance. Come on, that, that endurance to not give up. That endurance to press on. We pray pray for you, pray with you right now. God, I, I pray for every person in this room. I pray for every person who's watching online. God, I pray that you will give us the tenacity, the, the, the endurance to press on. God, give us the willingness and the courage to make changes in our life so that we will not give up, so that we won't just throw in the towel. God, give us the persistence to, to continue to give and to serve and to love and to share and to sacrifice. And God, God, any sin that may be holding us back, God, we just confess that to you. In fact, if there's sin that's holding you back, just confess it to God right now. Unforgiveness, it could be a secret sin that nobody, nobody knows about except you and God. It, I don't know, but, but just confess that to God right now. And Lord, I gotta also pray that you will instill in each and every person a passion a passion to dream on, a passion to believe for great things because, God, on this earth, you have great things ahead of us, but also in eternity, Lord, we thank you that there's a grand, glorious reward that we can't even begin to comprehend that is waiting us. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said... What you say? Amen. Now take that to heart and take action on it. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Church podcast. I would love for you to attend one of our worship services right here in downtown Fort Worth. So if you'd like more information, simply go to citylifefw.org. God bless.